So, so Alex, you did you watch it? I finally did. I we tried to make it a family event. Yeah, and I feel like I was into the movie more than everybody else was. <laughs> but I finally watched Coco. Did you cry? Hell yeah! <laughs> because you have a soul. That's why. <laughs> There's a friend that we, a mutual friend of ours that we have, and he said, he's just like, yeah, I didn't cry. I'm like, because you are a robot. Yeah. Our you, our middle child didn't cry. Are you serious? Yep. Gunner didn't cry. Well, I mean, some people are like that, but um, we rented Coco, and it was kind of like, it was, it was a family experience, and we're going to get into that in this episode, but we, I watched Coco with my two foster care children as well as my biological daughter and my wife. And I tried to make popcorn, and I tried to have this wonderful, nice movie-watching experience. <laughs> and I remember turning it, turning the movie off and saying, I'm going to finish this tomorrow because everybody's being so loud right now. I can't oh, yeah. hear the dialogue. <laughs> and I don't want to miss anything because I'm in. Like... <laughs> How great of a villain was Ernesto de la Cruz? No. Oh. <laughs> Dude. It's so funny because I remember Ernesto and we, we had him on uh, two weeks ago. He's yep. like, I finally, there's finally a movie out there that has a character named at, like, has the same name as me. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but it's the villain, dude. <laughs> 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 but no, I, I thought it was a really great movie in the end, man. The end is just, I, I even rewatched the ending of it on YouTube. Yeah. And it's like just so sad. Dude, but it's, I, it's like that kind of like happy cry. I preached out of it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I went to the jail. Went to the jail a couple of Fridays ago. Uh, I was talking about the resurrection. And I made some connections to Coco <laughs> and how Jesus is alive and how we keep him alive by preserving his message and his legacy. And pictures of Obi Wan on our <laughs> on our fireplace mantles. <laughs> That's funny right there. Oh, that that I don't want to ruin it for anybody, but seriously, just go Redbox it. It's in Redbox right now. Just is a great. This is the thing about Disney. The best Disney beginnings and endings are held up by Pixar, the yeah. Pixar division especially. Like the ending of Toy Story three, like just Niagara Falls, Frankie Angel to borrow a phrase from Tony. Yeah, it's a uh... Coco. Same thing. Just. It's it's how the Illuminati works, man. They're good. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I volunteered at the boys' school. Yeah. So they have this uh, they have this program called Watch Dogs. Watch like Dogs. Dads of. Do you think of Dog the Bounty Hunter students. whenever you go in? To no, do that? no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Never crossed my mind. Dog the Bounty Hunter. So <laughs> stop. So when you. <laughs> So when you volunteer as part of this program, they give you a schedule and every 40 minutes you go to a different classroom and you, the teacher like knows you're coming and they have you help out with different things. So like they might, you know, with the first graders help with sight words or um, play a game or something. The first graders are the best. And so that's what I did. I was helping them with their sight words. So I'd hold up a card and if they could read it, they could read it, you know, and they got to keep the card. And I had four of them, and we were playing a little game. And this little, this perfect little kid uh, sits down next to me, and he looks me dead in the eye, and he goes, you know robots are going to take over the world? (laughs) (laughs) They're already speaking their own languages. They can already speak to one another. It's only a matter of time now. (laughs) 
you watched Terminator too young, little one. And I was too like, young. this kid is in. I, we should interview him on our next conspiracy show. <laughs> but I'll, I'll have to say, Alex, we we're we're like rolling on all cylinders right now. Yeah. We are firing on all cylinders right now. I think that's the, the proper phraseology. So last week we had Jamie, the very worst missionary on. Yeah. When my wife filled in for you. And if you haven't listened to that interview, go listen to it. It's awesome. It's hilarious. It's insightful. Uh, next week we have Jonathan Lehman on, the author of How the Nations Rage. And in both those episodes, we, we talk about the church and we pick at the church and we, we kind of pull it apart, you know, for the betterment. And it may sound like we're cynical or bitter toward the church. And so sandwiched in between them, Alex, we have this episode. Yeah. And so in this episode, I, I said to Jason, I said, Jason, the church, capital C Church, has been so awesome to my family, especially these the, the past two weeks that we've had foster care children. And so I wanted, and I told you, I was like, could we do an episode just talking about my, my wife and I's journey in foster care and how the church helped us along the way? And you were just like, yes, exclamation points, yeah. <laughs> like multiple ones. And so that's what we decided to do. So we bring first time guest, Shauna Ryman. Yeah, we, we bring her into the basement. Into the basement, which is creepy, but it's, yeah, it's creepy. <laughs> so we bring her in we bring her down into the the, to sit with us and we chat about our journey and um your roller coaster of foster parenting it is it's it's the millennium force of foster care it's a lot of ups and downs but i mean in the end we wouldn't have been able to do it obviously without god and also his church just coming alongside of us and saying we'll help you so you don't have to worry about this because I was a little anxious because I'm like, you know, I'm a very practical guy. I'm like, how is this going to work? How are we going to be able to transport these kids when all we have is all a... All right, let's save it for the interview. Okay, let's you, save it for the interview. Right. Let's save it for the interview. It's getting late. <laughs> no. So, Jason. Yeah. We are two guys mm-hmm. that could not make it as pastors. Nope. But we have this platform. Yeah. And we're going to use the crap out of it. Yeah. So sit back, listen to Not Your Pastors Foster Care episode. All right, podcast listeners, special treat for you. We finally got the contracts all signed, and after two years of trying to get her on the podcast, my beautiful wife, Shauna Ryman, is here in the basement with us. The basement where she does laundry and complains about all my crap laying everywhere. (laughs) It's a first. She's finally here with us, sitting in the seat behind the mic. So welcome, sweetheart. I I love you. You look gorgeous. Thanks. <laughs> In my sweats. <laughs> but we we wanted to do kind of a this is kind of like an impromptu episode. I kind of I've been texting Jason and he's um he's going to play a, a role in this in this story that we're going to tell, but I texted Jason and said I really want to do an episode on foster care. And mainly because Shauna and I, for the past two weeks, have been foster care parents. Now, this is not an expert's guide because we've only been doing it for two weeks. But the what we've been through and what God has done for us along this journey is truly amazing. And especially the church has just been extremely awesome. And whenever the church does something right, we need to uh, 
shout it from the mountaintops. Like, yeah. hey, the church is doing this really well. Like, keep doing it. And um, so that's the main uh, takeaway I want people from this episode to get from. And then also just to hear, maybe encourage some people, maybe if you're sitting on the fence about foster care, to just take the plunge and just do it. <laughs> I think it's I think it's kind of exciting too. just the podcasting the format. It'd be the same as like writing a journal or something. And you're going to like listen to this five years from now and be like, oh, we were so young and, yeah, so, stupid and so stupid and I can't believe. <laughs> we knew nothing about oh foster my gosh. care. And two, I think you'll look back at some of the exciting stuff that the church has done and be like, that was awesome. Yeah. And you just have that moment captured in time, that that reminder of how God can use people and work in different ways. Mm-hmm. So let's start from the beginning. Let's start from, I remember when we were dating, sweetheart, we... How far back you going? Just kind of dating, just <laughs> dating and kind of marriage. Like when we got married, we, we had kind of said, even when we moved to Flint, we had kind of said we were both interested in eventually doing some type of adoption. We didn't know what that looked like because we were ju- we just moved to Flint. I had the job at Flint and that was crazy, crazy town trying to figure out how to do ministry and being newlywed and also doing ministry in Flint. Like that kind of got difficult. Uh, and live at in times, the city. and living in the city, and then the water crisis happened, and all these things, and then our daughter was born, and so, but there was always this part of me, and it also I think a part of you that said we want to do some type of adoption, something where w- a kid that's not ours, we want them to come live with us, and so that we can care for them. Would you Would you agree? That's kind of yeah. I mean, even like in junior high and high school, I always pictured myself doing something like that. And so, yeah. And so we started, I remember a a car ride. We were, we had been talking about it for a while and my, my goal and I, you know, I have these plans like, I'm going to do this is what, this is how I want our family to work out. We're going to have one more biological child. Uh, We're going to, we'll, we'll try and start for having a, a second biological child with, you know, within the year. So that Ada's sibling, you know, they're 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 close. the The siblings are close. Were in you age. on board with that, Shauna? No. <laughs> and this and this is this is what this plays Alex, into the part of Alex the story. Yeah. You're, gonna, you're gonna have babies nine months apart. Yeah, I was like so incredibly sick with Ada the whole time that I'm like, I never want to be pregnant again. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, it's keep fine. going with your plan. And so, and 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 then I said, then sweetheart, then we can we'll do foster care. And you had kind of said, yeah, no, I don't want to do that. You had said, why not, why not do it now? Cause we don't know what's going to happen. So let's just go for it. And I, and I remember being real hostile to that. Like, like no, we're going to come on, let's make babies. Let's, let's have fun making babies. And then we, <laughs> we and then we'll do the, the hard thing of foster care. And then I remember we were driving in the car. I don't know if you remember this. Um, we're driving in the car and I said, I think you're right. I think we need to start doing, going through the process and doing foster care. And it was this weird moment where I'm driving in the car. It was quiet. And all of a sudden, I, I, it, I have to think it's the, it's the Holy Spirit, uh, the Holy Spirit bringing up Matthew 25 to me. And just the, the, the two major parts of uh, one, what uh, Jesus says in Matthew 25, serving the least of these, uh, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me drink. When I was naked, you clothed me. And whatever you do unto the least of these, you've done unto me. 
And as I was thinking about that verse, like there is no better perfect picture of that than caring for a child in need. Yeah. And that's when like, I think I turned to you and said, we need to do this. We need to start going through the process. Like, well, if we get pregnant in the meantime, we get pregnant. But let's start going through the process, at least taking the classes and all that. Mm-hmm. You, you guys just dove in. Yeah. So yeah. we, uh, yeah, you, how, did, how did we do that? <laughs> well, we had a lot of friends who do foster care. So first of all, like we met with them, had dinner with yeah. them. And they were huge, huge help to us and encouragement to us about what the process is all like is like and they didn't sugarcoat anything you know oh, they we told knew, us some horror stories you know we knew it was going to be hard going into it and so that was really helpful so from there then we found an agency and started taking classes yeah and that's and that's a big thing too you have to taking classes take, yeah because <laughs> there's there's some hoops that you have to kind of go through so like if you're looking to get into foster care you got to know one, who else is doing foster care in your area? Get to be friends with them because they are, mm-hmm. they are going to be your lifeline for yeah. especially for the first few it. placements. They get the terms and they get the emotions of it. And so, like, we found an agency. We decided to go with an agency called Catholic Charities. It's right in downtown Flint. Um, we we kind of heard about some different agencies, some some pros and cons. And Shauna just, I don't know how you decided on oh, yeah, Catholic Charities. Oh, yeah, this was a cool story. Like, Alex and I were laying in bed like one night just seriously like considering are we going to do this or not rhyme and pillow talk yeah Yeah. (laughs) um and the next morning i went to meyer with ada and just ran into this really nice stranger who like complimented ada or something and said oh she's so cute and then we got to talking about our kids and she's like yeah, I have, you know, two biological kids and I just adopted my little daughter through foster care. And I was like, oh, really? Like, and so I was trying to get more information out of her. And then like, she was so nice and so helpful and like, gave me all this information about the agency we went through and said, like, I would highly recommend them. And I was kind of like, okay, God, I see what you did there. (laughs) (laughs) So then I came home and I was like, I think we should go with this agency, and then that's how we got started. And I said, I'm a former Catholic. They'll love me. <laughs> <laughs> but I re- Oh, go ahead, Jason. No, I was going to say, so why foster care as opposed to adoption? Because it's cheaper. Because <laughs> it's cheaper. It, it, it comes down to a dollar sign. It's, so Yeah, it's so obviously, free. so the difference for those, for people who are wondering what's the difference between adoption and foster care, foster care is specifically only, is, is supposed to be temporary. It's the parents, the biological parents uh, have done something where they have temporarily lost their rights to be parents of the children that they have. And so they have to prove to the courts through different uh, classes that they have to take or milestones that they have to achieve. Uh, in order to earn their rights back and therefore get their kids back. And so uh, adoption is obviously very much more permanent. Like when you go when you go through an adoption agency, you are looking to get a kid yeah. that's going to be your kid for... And a lot of t- times it takes like years, years to yeah. even get a kid. So the reason why we want, we want foster care is obviously sean and i want to adopt i mean we're gonna put it out there on the table like we are willing to adopt a kid uh and in in the foster care world 
it's it's very possible to do that. We know people that have done that. And we actually know two couples, I'm thinking off the top of my head, their first placements. And that's what you that's what that's a term that you use in foster care for for kids. The the, the placements in they they are placements in your home. Their first placements they got the ability to, to adopt. Right off the get-go. But get also, go. we know someone who's been fostering for six years and hasn't gotten right. to adopt any So it, it's it's kind of like so it's, it's a catch-22. Like it's a roll you, of you, dice. You never know what's going to happen, really. But we, we said either way, if we adopt or we don't adopt, there are some kids out there that need some love, that need... They need that rhyme in love. <laughs> oh, jeez. I don't know about that. <laughs> so, hard question. So, say you have your placement for, I mean, I mean, the baby girl you have now is so adorable. It's four months old. We'll call her Tanya. Okay. For the, for, Tanya. For the, for the sake of this interview. <laughs> okay. okay. I just watched I, Tanya. I want to see that movie. <laughs> it was, it was, it was good. I didn't know it was out already. Yeah, well, it's it's a it's a red box, but I mean, just beautiful four month old. So say you have her for two years, and then the mom decides I want I want her back. Like, has has a foster agency like helped you? Are any of the foster parents that you've talked to have they been through that scenario? Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh. and that's like the biggest comment i get from people is yeah. like i just don't think i could ever do that because i would get so attached and then you know they would leave yeah and i'm just like yeah but what's the alternative like they don't get any sort of love or safe safety just because you're worried about your feelings when they leave and it's like yeah i know it's gonna be incredibly hard if uh tanya <laughs> leaves us after two years and we become very bonded to her it's going to be incredibly hard i know but you know it's not like that time was wasted and um we have friends who had a little boy for two years they were really thinking they would adopt him and the the bio mom made no progress at all yeah she didn't do anything to earn her son back but the system failed him and the social worker wanted him back with his mom for some whatever reason and so he went back to his mom even though he would come back from visits with her with like a soiled diaper and like a burnt tongue and all these terrible things he like still ended up clear signs of neglect yeah because they had so. they would have kind of like they would have custody of him for the week and then he would on the weekends would go stay with his bio mom yeah and then he would come back from the weekend and it would just be like this kid is in shambles like we sent him to you in clean clothes and he's coming back in rags yeah so so let's talk about what we went through in order to get to get licensed because it it's that's a, that's a process in and of itself. It took us about six months, I think, in total. We started we started in August of twenty seventeen, and meeting August was it August I or think September? It was October. Oh, was it October? Mm-hmm. It was I remember October. it being warm outside. Was it? That I'm means usually nothing warm. in Michigan. Yeah, I guess that means <laughs> that, nothing. That's, that's an ambiguous I think it was statement. October. So I remember going to the agency, we had to, and they gave us a bunch of forms that we had to fill out and we had to fill out, there was like a 30 page uh, autobiography that you have to fill out about your family. And I remember we were like, I don't know what to write about. I don't know what to write about this particular family member. They're kind of crazy. Like, 
<laughs> all, all the family who's listening to this right now, Alex. <laughs> Guess which one he's talking about. <laughs> Honestly, though, like... That would be hard to do. Yeah, they they wanted to know everything about your family dynamic and your sister's boyfriend and like you know all these random how many times a week do you talk on the phone with said family member like i I don't know like (laughs) like never (laughs) (laughs) um but honestly though the process wasn't as hard as i thought it would be it was lengthy but it wasn't it's lengthy but it's like if you're a responsible adult and you have your crap together then you just got to show them the paperwork and fill out forms and it's not too hard. I'm not going to lie. I was really antsy when they're like, yeah, we need a list of all the firearms that you have in your house. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'll get you that list right away. And so I gave them the most vague list. Three months later. <laughs> here it is on a napkin. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. I remember uh, the the head of the director of the agency that we're going through. Like she looked through our packet and I'm sitting in the office with her and she gets to the page that talks about all the guns that are in the house. She goes, that's a lot of guns. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, most of them are antiques and they're kind of yeah. like family heirlooms. And she's like, Oh, okay. I get it. Hmm. But so, yeah, so that, that was, and then they come and do the home visit. So one of the, the, the foster care worker comes to your house and, basically goes through your house and when they make sure you have the proper amount of smoke detectors and the carbon monoxide detectors and to make sure you're not running an extension cable from the house next door to get power into your house. Like, cause our, one of the things like our foster worker told us or foster care worker told us was like people use foster care cause you do get uh, an allowance from the state to take care of the child, um, for, to buy food and clothes and all that stuff. So some people use it and abuse it to just make money. Because they need to pay their electric bill. Because they need to pay their electric bill. Yeah. And so, like, he was telling me a story about a family that, you know, they're like, hey, just don't go out that back door. Don't go go out that door. And, like, when he opened up the door, you could see, like, this extension cord and a garden hose running from the house next door to show that their house had water and electricity. (laughs) And it was like, come on, people. the, The movie Sing. Usually borrowing yeah, power just... and water. From... <laughs> exactly that. And so um, we did the home visit. That went well. And then we had to take what's called pride training. And it's basically this training on how to be a parent. A foster parent. <laughs> a foster parent. But a lot of it was like, you know, you don't. It kind of reminds me of that episode of The Simpsons where The Simpsons, uh, Homer and Marge lost their kids. Yeah. And they had to sit through those classes in order to get them back. And it's like, he's like, I can't stress this enough, people. If you leave the milk on the counter, it will spoil. <laughs> and Marge is like just shaking her head like, oh, my gosh, this is ridiculous. And Homer's taking just notes like, OK, got it. <laughs> is that the one where they check the bathroom to see how the toilet paper is installed? No. The same episode. <laughs> no, I think it's a different episode. <laughs> but it's just so funny. So then, so we, we did the pride training and it's funny because they're just like, usually you have to go to Saturday classes and we're like, well, we, you know, Shauna works, I work, like Saturdays are like our day to relax yeah. and just be a family. And so like, is there any way, other way we can do that? No, we didn't ask. They just, oh, they did just they're give it to us. They're short staffed and didn't have someone to teach the pride training. So they just gave us DVDs to watch at home. <laughs> no. Which is funny because we couldn't play them uh, 
in our DVD player because they were so old. So yeah, I had, they're so outdated. <laughs> so we, I had to go to my parents' house and grab my computer that I bought with my graduation money from in 2007. <laughs> and, and it had a Windows operating system that could mm-hmm. uh, play the DVDs. Nice. So we did that. We we went through all that. We had to take you know an online uh, first aid test. And then uh, a few months later... Uh, they send all of our paperwork into the state, and we got our license. Now, you guys were specifically, specifically. <laughs> now, you guys were specifically asking for children younger than Ada. Yeah, yeah. and that that'll play into the story as we go on, as we got our our first placements. But I heard from from other people who have adopted and have done foster care that it's it's a wise thing to do to still keep the birth order because your child is going to go through some kind of like a really crazy change. Yeah. And it's even worse if you adopt or foster a kid that's older than your biological child, because it's like, well, I was the oldest and now I'm not the oldest anymore. And so like they, they became, you know, the firstborn all of a sudden to not being the firstborn anymore. Oh, that, that makes total sense because (laughs) awkward story, but we found out that we had a half sister when I was about 16 so we had no knowledge that we had an older sibling. And when my mm-hmm. sister, who was the oldest sibling, found out that there was an older sibling and had the first grandchildren, she was furious. Oh, and and yeah. nobody saw that coming. Yeah. I mean, hmm. not not to dig deep into that fun story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that makes total sense. And when I was, I've looked into adoption in the past too and it's always like this this child would be best as the youngest in the home you know oh it says that yeah all of them said that yeah and to like going into it we knew like ada had to always come first you know her safety and her emotional well-being and everything and i've just you know heard a lot of horror stories about older kids um picking up habits and behaviors that they went through and doing them on younger kids so so how old is Ada now? Ada is two. For the listeners, I know, obviously. Yeah, so Ada is two years old, and so when we signed up, because uh, they give you a sheet, and they you get to you get to have preferences. You get to say like these are the kinds of kids that we want. Like some people say like you know we only want boys or we only want girls, or we only want a certain race. And so like we <laughs> we put down we only want African American babies. Stop! <laughs> don't tell people that. What a, my dirty little secret? Yeah. <laughs> and I remember Jess, I wanted Jess all the black babies. Jess would have done the same. <laughs> and then we said, you know, obviously if we wanted zero to two, and uh, boy or girl, we didn't care. Yeah. And so, um, which was funny, <laughs> the director of our foster agency was like, "You you only want black kids?" So I was like, "Yeah, is that okay?" Can we? <laughs> <laughs> and she's black. <laughs> That's funny. Well, that was a like if we're gonna if we're gonna step into this foster care thing, let's let's do the whole transracial family too. Like yeah. let's go for it. Yeah, that's honestly what I wanted going into it. It's just something. Not that white kids don't need help too. But yeah. <laughs> well, in Genesee know, County, felt... unfortunately, Genesee County, which is where Flint is and Grand Blank and Davison, the surrounding cities, the primary kids in care are African American. Yeah. They're black. And so, actually, the next next se- second is whites, and then um, 
there is no hardly any Asian or Latino or Muslim kids in foster care. Yeah. And usually with those family groups, you have a lot more solid family unit so that if, if a parent can't, you know, take care of a child, then somebody else in the family steps up and does it. And so that the kid never has to go into, into foster care. So that's my, yeah. So let's, let's get, let's get into, so what was it a couple of Thursdays ago that Mm. you guys got a call for your first placement? Well, first, well, yeah, we I shouldn't some, say. Yeah, we I had some say first call calls before that, but they didn't. They didn't pan out. Pan out. Well, that was one of the things too that I I want to commend you on, dear, because because when they say like, okay, who are we going to call when we have a placement? I said they have to call you because obviously I'm at work and I can't pick up my phone. And I said you, and you said and you you and I talked about it. We have to rely heavily on the Holy Spirit to kind of help nudge us in that right direction as far as like what kids should we take in which ones do we need to pass on and one of the things the best advice that we got from our friends that do foster care is you need to have a list of questions either written down or memorized as to when you get a call that you need to ask i was gonna say how long how long do you get to make the decision um i it probably was about like 15 minutes or so it's not it's not like, oh, you need to give me an answer right now, but it's like, if you want this kid... 15 minutes is pretty quick turnaround, though. Yeah, it's like, if you want this kid, you got to make a decision now or else we're going to call other yeah. foster parents. So. Uh, yeah. Because there's a lot of things to consider because, like, if we... there If they have other siblings, if the foster care child has other siblings, then you have to do sibling visits on top of... The uh, parent visits. Uh, on parent parental visits. And it's in the social worker kind of determines how many times a month that happens. So like you can turn, you can, you can have a foster care baby, but then they have five other siblings and you have to do five hours of sibling visits a month on top of the parental visits, however many that, that is. So like, that's a question you have to ask. You also, we also ask the question as far as like, do they have any disabilities to your knowledge? Because we are not, we are, we don't have the training to really take care of, um, special needs children right now. So we, we kind of said like, we can't take those right now. Eventually maybe we'll get to that point, but especially with our first, uh, this being our first rodeo, we said we we can't take those right now. Um, what were some of the other questions? Well, there's lots of questions, but honestly they didn't have any answers for me when I asked. (laughs) Yeah. Every time we got a call, I would ask this list of questions and it was just like, um, we don't really know. (laughs) Uh, I can get that info for you, but they never did. Yeah. Because they're like, you know, ripping these kids from their homes. They don't know anything. It's insane. They don't know They don't know a lot of this stuff that went down till a few weeks later. Yeah. You know. As they're putting everything together. Right. You get, so. you get information as it becomes available. Mm-hmm. But the first, uh, like I said, I wanted to commend you, dear, because the first place, the first call that we ever got, you actually said no to. Which is hard because we're like, we really want to do this foster care yeah. thing. And like the first the first call is like Christmas. Like, yeah, it's finally happening. This is going to happen. And you you told me that you said, I just had this feeling in my gut. You said, nope, these these aren't the ones. And I said, that's that's the I think that was the Holy Spirit telling you no. And that's what we said we that we had to rely on. We had to rely on the Holy Spirit to kind of help guide us and tell us like, okay, these yes to this and no to this. Mm-hmm. And so... 
Uh, yeah, I just had to go with my gut. <laughs> and so you said no to the first placement, and then we said yes to the second call that we got. And But then by the time that you had said yes, the little girl had gone on to somebody yeah. else. And then we get the third call. And the third call is when our whole life completely <laughs> changed. <laughs> because we get this call saying we have, well, first they said we just have a four-month-old. And we're like, yes, we'll take a four-month-old little girl. And we were actually car shopping at the time when we got the call. We were about to test drive a car that was way too expensive for us and was too ritzy and nice. And so we obviously said no to it. Um, but by the time we got home from the dealership, uh, you know, I picked up dinner for us and we're like eating dinner and Shauna's running around the house cleaning and making sure everything's nice and neat. All the beds are made that need to be made for the for the kids and we get a call and they said, well, it's I, not. I got a call. You got a call. While you were out getting food. And she was like, um, the baby girl has a two-year-old sister and a three-year-old brother. Would you be willing to, to take them temporarily until we find another foster home for the two toddlers? Which... And Alex was not home for me to like discuss this with, and I was like freaking out. And um, when they say temporary too in foster care lingo, that means for forever. Yeah, yeah I was you like, don't know. I'm like, okay. I kind of knew in the back of my mind that it wouldn't be as temporary as they're yeah. making it seem. So I kind of was like, uh, I don't know. That's a lot to take on right now. And she kind of could get the vibe that I was like, I don't know if I can handle that. So then she called me back and said, okay, we found a home for the three-year-old boy. Would you be willing to take um, the ba- four-month-old baby and the two-year-old sister? And I don't know. I was just like, sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, how do you say no? And I was just like, yes, we'll save these two little girls, you know, like, I don't know. The so whole, we said yes. And the whole time in the back of my mind, I'm like, we have a Buick Regal. We're going to have three car seats in the back of this Buick Regal. This is going to be ridiculous. I need a minivan. Um, but how, how was that drive home? It was... It was emotional. There it was, was There has been crazy. so many emotions in the Ryman household <laughs> yeah. it, for the we past literally, two weeks. Like, we literally just kept saying, we feel insane. Like, yeah. this is insane. We feel like we are literally insane. We kept joking and saying, Jesus, take the wheel, because <laughs> we do not know what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, Jess and I were like, so happy for you, but also like, oh, they're insane. <laughs> <I know. laughs> yeah, we felt pretty insane. But there was this really special moment that I wanted that you, I want you to tell. You kind of have to be insane to do foster care, yeah. I think. <laughs> no, you do. Sorry, go ahead. No, I wanted, to te- I wanted you to tell the story about Ada on the on the drive home from because we because we got the call it was like eight o'clock and we had to go to the department of human services in downtown flint to pick that that's where the girls were at so we had to go and pick them up from there and so we just pull up which literally the next day after i when i was driving the buick the the serpentine belt snapped on my buick so like so thankful it didn't happen while we were going to pick up these girls because it would have just been awful so thank you jesus um so we go and we pick up the girls and we throw them in the car seats that we had and uh, we're driving home and the baby's just, you know, crying per usual. The baby's just, wham, like crying up a storm. So you go, you take it from there. 
You basically already <laughs> did it. No. You know well, what story I'm talking about. I don't know. About. It's just like a really emotional moment. We're like driving home in the dark and we're just sitting there in silence like thinking like, you know, what are we doing? What's going to happen? All these different things going on. And like the baby starts crying and then we just heard like Ada reach over and she was like patting her on the arm and she's like it's okay it's okay (laughs) it's okay like she kept repeating it and then i just started crying even more (laughs) because i'm like oh my gosh i feel like i'm in a movie or something ada's the adult right now yeah yeah (laughs) tell mama it's gonna be okay ada pat my back and tell me that yeah but that was super sweet but yeah so we get home with the girls and we uh and this is kind of where the the story kind of really pans out to where the church is really helping us supporting us because we had a friend um literally within a half an hour of us being home with these girls came over to our house dropped off a bunch of groceries because when you pick sometimes it depends on what the girls come with or what your foster care child comes with sometimes they come with you know they have stuff they usually have nothing but they usually have nothing they usually have the clothes on their back and then if man if the DHS office has anything, they'll they'll try and give you. So they, they gave us a couple bottles of formula to go, and then they gave us like a pack of number two diapers. diapers. Holy cow! For that's the four it. month old, but but these girls had just the clothes on their back, and so that's why when uh, when I was people were asking me like, what do we what do you need? I'm like, we need clothes because <laughs> this girl is so tall; she doesn't fit in any of Ada's clothes, even though they're the same age. And so, but. As soon as we get home, like a half hour or so afterwards, our our friend, a good friend of ours has, you know, milk and snacks for the kids. And she brought over chicken nuggets that we could just make for them in the oven because, like, you know, we don't know when the last time they've eaten. She brought over diapers and formula. And it was, like, just a huge help just to get us through the night. That's awesome. And I remember... It was a kind of like a really cool moment. I remember sitting on the couch with the two-year-old and just like she was smiling at me and we were both smiling at each other. And it was like, okay, like this, this might be okay. And I remember the first, the first night went fairly well because I mean, the kids had been through a lot that day. So like they slept really well. And like, how was that first morning waking up, dear? You went from having oh, one yeah. child to three. Yeah. Oh, man. And you were gone the entire yeah, day. Yeah, I remember like Shauna was like, PM. "Can you please stay home from work?" I said, "Well, I gotta. We got bills to pay, so I gotta go to work." And then your car broke down, so you were. And gone then my car. Yeah, so that was. So I went to go look at a car down in Southfield. I went to go look at a minivan in Southfield, Michigan, which is an hour from Flint. And my car, the serpentine belt breaks, and I'm and I don't make it back home until. 10 30 11 o'clock that night and shauna's like i am literally going crazy right so now. You're, you turn mom of three overnight and yeah. alex is gone all day <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it but it was crazy because that day like five different people came over so i was like really exhausted <laughs> from yeah. just like you know when people come over and you you have to have conversation yeah. and like um i was like i just want alex here because, you know, I don't know, it's it's different when it's your spouse versus family, friends trying to help. But, um, yeah, I feel like I just, I feel like the night that we got them was like, I'm always going to have that in my mind. Like, 
giving the two-year-old a bath, like just me and her in the bathroom. And I, you know, I wanted to give her a bath because they, you know, didn't smell too great. Yeah. And, um, but I wanted to be very careful that I wasn't going to like trigger any trauma. Oh, you know, yeah. Some kids have water trauma, but, um. Well, the two-year-old was afraid of our dog. Yeah. So we yeah, had to lock was. Faye up for a while, for a while. But just like, I don't know, just like taking her clothes off and just like her and I in that moment, it was so quiet and just had the water running. And then like she didn't want to get in right away. So I just like sat there and held on to her for like five minutes. Yeah. And I don't know. That was just like a special moment. I feel like, I don't know, her little body, (laughs) like so like just praying for her and. And just thinking, like, I get to take care of her and heal her oh some of her goodness. wounds. And, yeah, but we'll go into that. So then, so we have the foster care kids, and literally, I'm getting texts just raining in from, from, from well, mainly the Duncans. The, like, Jason, like, every, every three hours, what do you need? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you need? I'm like, I need three tea clothes and diapers. That's what I need. Or I need three tea clothes and formula. And literally, like, Jess was one of the first people that came over, and she brought over a bunch of three tea clothes that actually fit the mm-hmm. two-year-old that we had, which was a huge help because she was – she was, <laughs> and yeah. all of Ada's yeah, clothes I just like looked really small when, on her. I, like, wanted to cry when Jess did that. <laughs> I was like, thank you. Oh, well, we have I all like, boys. And Jess was having a bad day herself. I was like, go yeah. go, go shopping. Aww. Like, go buy girl some girl clothes, clothes that yeah. you never, ever get to do. Yeah. And so she was glad. She's like, too. I bought him, I bought the girls some feminist shirts. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, you would. <laughs> and like, but I think that's one of the things, and that'll kind of be like a constant theme throughout this story. And you know, Jason and I, we talk about, you know, we talk about the church a lot. We we have some obviously some criticisms of her, but yeah, we want to highlight the moments where the church actually does something really well, and that's what, and that's what the big takeaway for me in this whole process was when we said that we needed help, the church, not just one in particular church, but the church, capital C church was there for us. And if they couldn't be there for us, they were praying for us. Like I I can't remember just all the people saying we are praying for you because you are doing something crazy. You need God right now to help you guys. And like, we were tired. I remember that first weekend I was so tired and the baby wouldn't sleep, and I was like, ah. I remember and just the two-year-old wouldn't sleep. And the two-year-old wouldn't sleep, and I just remember like praying to God, and like, and then like, like God help me, God, just God help me get through this night, and can I at least shut my eyes for twenty minutes? And but like, just in the back of my mind, knowing like it's still gonna be okay because so and so is bringing over a meal for us tomorrow. That's one yeah. less thing I have to worry about. A bunch of people came over earlier today, and literally, we have enough diapers to last us for months now. That's awesome. And wipes. And, you know, people are bringing us formula and so that we don't have to worry about buying it. And um, the, one of the things in the back of my mind was buying a minivan. Like, I was like, we have to buy a minivan. We have to be able to tote these kids around because... You have to go to visits. You have to go to hot or doctor's visits. And all Swagger these. wagon. Yeah. Mm. So we have to get a minivan. And so this was a really awesome. There was some some friends of ours um, that I've known for a while. And I want to, I want to keep their, their identities anonymous. 
They said, we don't know how to help you, but we know you, you've been looking for a van. So they actually gave me some money in order to, for us to buy a van and get it to and put a big enough down payment on the van so that I would I wasn't stressed out about having to make yeah. the payments. So that was a really huge help. I was like, holy crap. Like that God is, awesome. is just working in all these magnificent ways. And it's the church. It's just the church saying, you guys need help and we're here to help you and we believe in what you're doing. So let us help in any way that we can. Mm-hmm. Like uh, our good friend, uh, Austin Germain, who was on episode four. Yeah. He, he said, hey, I, I called Jimmy John's near you and they have... You have to go pick it up because they don't deliver to your house. But I, I bought you guys dinner at Jimmy John's. That's awesome. And I was like, sweet. Yeah, you said that. I was like, how did he do that? So he called. That's awesome. Mm. The internet. Yeah. Technology. Man. <laughs> it's crazy. But even within even in, within all those beautiful moments, we, we, we had a lot of we had a lot of troubles because um, one of the things that is really common with foster care children is that they're neglected by their biological parents. And so sometimes they get really attached to anybody that's giving them attention. And that's kind of what happened with the two-year-old. And um, it was really hard because we were kind of like, we felt like we were giving so much attention to these kids that we kind of felt like Ada was kind of going by the wayside a little bit. Yeah. I remember like, a couple nights I would just go in and just lay in Ada's bed with her because that was like the only time I got to spend with her that day. Yeah, that was like another emotion I wasn't expecting to feel. But like, I know this sounds really bad, but the first few days I was kind of just like, why are we doing this? And I miss Ada. Like, I just want to be her and I again. I know that sounds terrible, but like, if I'm being honest, that's how I was feeling. And I think... You had similar feelings, too. And I, uh, this is even worse, but I was even thinking, like, why am I investing in these kids when they're not even mine? Like, uh, I'm terrible for thinking that, but. No, you're not. Those kind of things were running through my head as we were up all night with these two girls. And, but it, but as time went on, like, those feelings kind of subsided a little bit no i appreciate that honesty because that's i think as other like potential foster parents listen to this Mm -hmm. like that to me that's the helpful stuff is those moments when you're down yeah but able to share yeah it's not like you get these foster kids and it's just like it's not like the von family singers saving the world and saving these children it's like all these crazy emotions come up that you never even thought well, yeah, would, I mean, you know, you're thrust into like yeah. family mode where before, I mean, not that, I mean, like multiple children family mode mm-hmm. where, I mean, Jess and I have done that with, with our own kids. Like we don't remember milestones with Gunner. Mm-hmm. Like they just, they, in our minds, they they don't even exist. Mm-hmm. It's like, dang it. How did that happen? Yeah. Or with Rex, like we don't remember, like, I don't remember Gunner not talking. I don't. It's just it's just gone. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, we planned and prepared as as best as you can for having an additional child and you yeah. bring home and you have time to get acclimated and mm-hmm. everything. And here in this situation, you just get thrust right into it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's And they're not your kids. <laughs> they're not your kids. <laughs> like taking care of someone else's kids is like the most selfless 
thing you yeah. could ever force yourself to do. That was one of the things. That I think that's why people are so like eager to help out, especially if they have their own kids. Like, yeah, because they can see that. Right, but that's that's kind of another facet of it that I'm struggling with. Is like, I feel like we're getting a lot of praise, and I'm kind of just like, yeah, I don't know how to take that because like I feel like. Um, like you're put on a pedestal. I'm put on a pedestal, but it, to me, it's just like, no, like this is just what we're supposed to do as yeah. Christians. Like it shouldn't be such an anomaly that, oh, there's this one couple at our church who's doing foster care oh, the, and yeah. um, they're just such good people because I could never do that. It's like, yeah, you could if you really tried, yeah. you know, and if you really put yourself out there. It shouldn't be so it shouldn't be so unusual or unheard of kind of things. I'm like no, like we're supposed to care for the orphans, you know? It should be like a normal thing. Yeah. Well, that, that was one of the big things like judgy, at the church. Cuz you think about in historical context, the church um I mean, they didn't they in like first century Rome especially, they didn't have abortions like we have today, but if if there was an unwanted child, like they would literally leave children like in the trash heaps. Yeah. And there's countless stories in like the his, early church where the the church would go to these trash heaps and they would just pick up these kids and adopt these kids because of, you know, the 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 the, the premise of God adopts us into His family. And so how do we how do we do that in this world? How do we do that in, in the form of the gospel going forth? Like, well, there's these unwanted kids, just like we were unwanted by the world and God came and rescued us. So let's rescue these kids. Well, another thing is to like, it's kind of the only way to break the cycle. Like these girls, mom, like their mom probably grew up in the same exact environment yeah. that they're growing up in. And that's all she knows. So that's how she's raising her kids. And it's like, you break the cycle by getting the kids out of that vicious circle. One of the heartbreaking things, so they give you a um, a file yeah. with, with the history, as much as they can fill in the history of the child. And so when I was looking at Tanya's file, it tells you, like, who her mom is, when she was born. Yeah. But then when it gets to the section about who her father is, um, it's listed as punitive, which means this is who we... They th- both were both girls oh that both the fathers were punitive i mm-hmm. didn't know that Two i thought i thought fathers. it was just the one anyway so tanya specifically <laughs> shauna's <laughs> laughing because i i've given i've given our foster care child a mm. different name mm. for her protection mm. but i look i look in that i look at that box and i see punitive father and then there's a there's a man's name and it's just really his name that is his address is unknown and all these things and it's like basically what punitive means for those of you who don't know is this is who we think the father is, but yeah. until we do a paternity test, we, we have no know. idea. And it just broke my heart because it's like this girl doesn't have a dad, doesn't have a daddy. And like I get to be that role for a temporary period of time. I wish I could be there permanently, but I mean, that's that's not up to me. Yeah. And I, li- I like how you say, um, how you say break the cycle because it's, it's really easy. Even after I've like told you know, my family and friends over Easter, like, hey, I have these friends. They, you know, they just became crazy parents overnight. They're, they're <laughs> stupid, but I love them. <laughs> and it's awesome. Uh, I think they're doing a, a, 
you know, there's this great thing and it's really easy to demonize their mother mm-hmm. and their yeah, family right. and their situation. Right. And like, so when you say the thing where you show a little bit of empathy and saying, well, this is probably how she was. Ra-. I mean, mm-hmm. you don't know, but. But it's likely. Yeah. But unless unless you're, you know, at least a willing to make an attempt at stepping in and you know saying hey we'll take your child as you get mm-hmm. your crap together you know right and she's a single mom yeah too, so it's like that makes it even harder yeah on her. right so but yeah so i think that's what i admire most about you you guys in this whole thing is your willingness to do it not so much that you're doing it or how long you're going to do it for, but just that willingness to say, oh, here in this moment. I think that's the element of foster care, too. It's not like I don't I'm not like I'm making light of adoption or anything of that nature. That's got its own set of special and unique, mm-hmm. you know, consequences and, and emotions. But knowing that, yeah, this could be temporary. It could be forever. We don't know. But how are we going to work in this moment? Mm. I think that's as Christians, that's not just Christians as human beings. Mm -hmm. That's all you can do. Right. As Jesus said, the trouble of the day is sufficient enough. Like here's, here's the worry now. Don't worry about tomorrow. And there, there's, you know, Alex, you get to be a father now. So you guys get to experience what it's like to be a biracial family now mm-hmm. in this moment. And I think you had a cool story. Uh, I think Jess mentioned it in our episode with Jamie last week where you had to go oh, visit yeah. your neighbors down the, down oh, the yeah. street. Yeah. Tell that we story. had to go, we had to go visit. I, Shauna's like our, the two year old, her hair was just all up in a mess. And um, frankly, as white people, we don't know how to do black hair. It's different. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it I comes took a with... class and I was like, I got this. And then I, you know, got the girl and I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. So Shauna's like, I want to be there for Shauna as much as I can. And she's like, I want to do this girl's hair, but I have no idea. And so I have talked maybe a couple times to my neighbor down this a uh, couple doors down who is black and him and his wife are black. And I just I ran over there right before I went to go look at a minivan. To leave to go look at a minivan and say, hey, my wife and I just became foster parents. We have two little black girls and my wife wants to do the girl's hair and she has no idea how to do it. She needs some help. Would your wife want to come over and help help her do black hair? And it was awkward. It like, was awkward because he was like, because he was first he was like, what? Like, yeah. what are you asking? <laughs> and then he's but, just like. Here's my number. Have your wife call my wife. <laughs> and so I didn't end up calling them because I had a ton of people coming over and I just yeah. didn't think of it or have the time. So then they ended up coming over to our house and they were just the sweetest people. That's and, awesome. And she's telling me all about, you know, oh, her hair's not too curly, so it won't be too nappy or whatever. And like, you know, telling me all all about the hair and how to treat it and everything and she's like all right why don't you give her a bath wash her hair i'll be back in an hour and i'll do her hair for you and you can watch me and so she comes back they both come back and she went to the store and bought like all these 
black hair products. Oh like they gosh, have to have a certain type of comb awesome. or brush and all this stuff. And they bought, they like bought all this hair care stuff for the two year old. And so that was like really cool because we are trying to be better about like getting to know our neighbors. Yeah. And that's kind of biblical. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's in there somewhere. <laughs> and um, this couple's just always been super friendly and nice to us. They're always inviting us to their little Baptist church right down the road. And um, should I tell him his advice? Oh, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, I was like talking to him one day and he, I'm like, man, you look really young for your age. And he's like, you want to know why? <laughs> he's like, I've never done drugs. I've never drank alcohol, and I've never cheated on my wife. <laughs> I don't know why he's Southern, but <laughs> and I was like, good for you, Daryl. Good for you. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. But, yeah. Like what I, what I like about that, too, is we always think of ourselves um, helping others and ministering to others, and there's an equal need that we don't think about very often and that's allowing others to minister to us right and it's vitally important to your like christian faith and Mm -hmm. christian walk it's how you it's how you learn it's what jesus did he didn't need a drink from the woman at the well but Mm -hmm. he asked for one so he was being ministered to in that moment i think i think that's always gets neglected or not thought about or we think of ourselves as you know the hero like mm-hmm. you're not gonna wash my feet i can take care of it myself right. and yeah. jesus and jesus is like nope i'm going to wash your feet or mm-hmm. you have no part with me yeah and peter's like in my head also like wash everything <laughs> oh yeah i'm gonna strip it down like <laughs> go to town yeah that's been a huge lesson for me because i'm like really bad at taking help or comp- everybody or is. compliments or you know, and Jess, you know, Jess drops all those clothes off for me. And then she's asking me again, what else? Like, do you guys need anything? And I'm just like, you've done enough. Like, stop, <laughs> stop offering. Like, you're like, don't keep putting yourself out there. But yeah, so that's been a lesson that I've had to learn. Like, okay, these people enjoy. This lady made us three freezer crockpot meals because she wanted to, not because like, it was like a chore for her and I don't know. And they yeah. were delicious. Yeah. <laughs> but so I, I kind of wanted to, I wanted to talk about what happened with the two-year-old because this, this is, this is something that is just unfortunate, but is a real possibility with people who do foster care. Yeah. And it's kind of one of those, like not every day in foster care land is sunshine and rainbows. Like it's really tough sometimes and it's also really rewarding, but we had, so we, we talk, we've been really talking about Tanya. I'm going to call her because we still have, (laughs) we still have Tanya. picturing her face with the name Tanya. She's not a Tanya. No. I'm I'm just, (sighs) guys. Bear with me. You could have said Tammy, and that would have been worse. <laughs> it just makes me think of Ron Swanson's ex-wives. Oh, yeah. Tammy. <laughs> so we still have Tanya in our care, but we no longer have uh, the two-year-old in our yeah. care. And what are you going to nickname her? Sammy? Sammy. Sammy. Tammy, Tammy we'll call and Sammy. <laughs> Tanya and Sammy. Samantha. We'll just say Samantha. So we no longer have her in our care, and it was kind of a series of events. Um, one, 
because she had been neglected so much, she became very possessive of Shauna. Yeah. And she was, there was a day I remember it was, it really hurt my heart. And I remember texting you about it because you had asked me one just again with your, your, your on the clock, regular three hour checkups. <laughs> what do you need? And I said, I need prayer because my heart is broken right yeah. now because I'm watching this little girl beat up on my, my girl because she doesn't want her getting too close to Shauna. Yeah. And that was really hard to watch because I'm like, she doesn't know what she's doing. She's just trying to, she's, trying to self-preserve because yeah. she's never had a mother who's given her that much attention and Shauna's doing that for her right now so she wants to protect that and the way she's protecting that is by hurting Ada yeah and so like I remember I was like oh she just kicked Ada like all oh, kids kick each other whatever and now yeah. she's pushing Ada and now Ada's I'm looking at Ada now Ada used to call uh Samantha like she'd be like where's friend at and like she would just call the girls her friends yeah and she wasn't really doing that anymore. She was kind of more a little like reserved and she didn't really. She was kind of, she would like recoil if the girl came next to her or whatever. So she was kind of like scared, getting to be like scared of her, I guess. Yeah. And then she had, um, I don't know if they're night terrors or what they are, but we would put her down to bed and she was v- shaking. You, She was visibly shaking whenever I would lay her down in the bed. Even if we had rocked for like, I would rock her in the chair for like a half an hour. Yeah. And where I think, okay, she's she's asleep. And then I would lay her down and she was like visibly shaking. And then I'd, you know, as soon as I get down the stairs, because the kids' bedrooms are upstairs and we're ours is downstairs. I would get, I would lay in my bed after a long day, about ready to fall asleep. And I would just, we would just hear screaming at the top yeah. of her lungs. Saying mama, 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 like mama. Wanting me. And when you have a two, when you have a four month old who's getting up regularly needing to be fed and you have a two year old that won't sleep is really just waning on us. And I remember there was, um, I remember Ada not knowing what's going on and she, you know, cause her bedroom's across the hallway and you would come up Shauna to take care of Samantha. And I remember I had this really awesome moment with Ada and I said, and I'm I'm sitting on the bed with her and I'm talking to her and I'm and I you know I don't know how much a 2-year-old is understanding but I mean yeah. I think in this moment we had a connection where I said to her Ada she's very scared right now because she's she's like what's going on she doesn't know and she's like well you know what's going like what's what's happening or you know in her language and I said Ada she's very scared right now we need to protect her we need to keep her safe and what I what dad dad needs you to do for him right now is just I want you to go back to bed Mom and dad will take care of it. And we'll, we'll, I, and I said, okay, can you do that for dad? Can you just lay in bed right now? She's okay. She's a little scared. We're going to take care of it. And Ada just look, looks at me and connects eyes with me and says, okay, dad, dad. And then yeah. she goes back to bed. And it was like this really just kind of awesome moment. Like she doesn't know what's going on, but she's willing to trust us and say, okay, this little girl is scared. I'm just going to go back to bed and let mama and dad handle it. But it got to a point where, Samantha was just very hard to take care of and Shauna's Not because of her own you know doing it was from her it's past. from her past yeah. but it, it it became apparent that we weren't the foster care parents for her and that was hard because I remember laying on the uh, we were sitting on the couch and we were talking like what do we do because you were 
I remember like asking you permission. Can I go take a shower? Can I have like 20 minutes to take a shower for myself? Because you, you were stressed out. You had been with the kids all day. And like we were like just asking each other just for these like just little moments in the day where we can just be alone. And if that was okay, because the three of them all together constantly asking for our attention was like just so much. And especially for Samantha, because she had trauma. If the dog came anywhere near her, she would freak out. She wasn't sleeping at all. Yeah. And so like we I remember sitting on the couch and just saying, I think you need to talk to our foster care worker because I don't think we're the foster care family that she needs right now. She needs somebody who can give her undivided attention. Yeah, constant. And And another thing is when we went to pick the girls up, they told us that she had recently been diagnosed with autism. And so we're just like, oh, okay. Uh, Don't know what to do about that. But I don't think she had autism. I think she just was delayed from, you know, neglect and yeah. they just labeled it as autism but but yeah so we we just is it was sad because like i remember telling people like yeah we don't have the two-year-old anymore and kind of feeling like a little bit defeated like we had we had kind of set up like we're going all in we're, we're jumping into this yeah. we're jumping into the deep end of the pool with this and we were literally drowning when we jumped in and I remember you were just like, I, I feel like I can't get anything done. I feel like I can't be, I feel like I'm not being a good mom. I said, well, if you can't be a good mom to all three of them, then, you know, you're, I didn't say that you were no good. I just said, if you can't handle it, if you can't be a good mom to all three of them, then something has to change because you're no good to all three of them. If you're not being the best mom you could be at the current moment. So do you I'm, guys feel like a failure in that moment? I felt more just guilt. Yeah. Like I could help and save this little girl if I didn't have a two-year-old of my own. You yeah. know, like if it was just her and her sister, I would take keep her in a heartbeat and help heal her wounds and all. You know, I just felt more guilt. Yeah. Um, but then when they told us, like, okay, we have another foster mom who doesn't have any other kids and she's you know, she can give her more attention that she needs. It was like a weight lifted off my shoulders. So knowing that she went somewhere and I've met the other foster mom that she's with and, you know, she seems like she's doing way better with her than I did because she's been a foster parent for years. Yeah. And she knows all these little like behaviors and stuff that, where I was just like giving into every little whim that she wanted because that's how I am. Yeah. I'm just naive. And I'm like, okay, I'll help you. <laughs> um, so she's doing really well with the other foster mom. So that's, that's been, awesome. Yeah. So it actually worked out in the end, even though we, we felt kind of guilty about it, it. It really did work out in the end. And um, now we just have this beautiful four month old Tanya. <laughs> it, I, I was I was waiting to see if it would if it would still register no. a laugh. Tanya's just such like a crazy lady name. I feel like after just watching I Tanya, <laughs> no, well, <laughs> it is I'm a crazy just, lady. I'm just saying that's her name for this for the sake of this episode. But she is she is so just a, a cute, just wonderful little bundle of joy, and. I'm really glad that we still get to care for her and the fact that she's also like the easiest baby ever after like she kind of got we kind of like learned her schedule and like learned her 
like her mannerisms and like what she what she needs from us like she became like the easiest baby in the world like and our child was really easy too Ada like at four months old was sleeping through the night which not a lot of moms get to experience that this baby only gets up maybe once or twice a night last night she slept for six hours that's awesome and so like and now i feel like i can actually enjoy her yeah. whereas before i was just like setting her in the swing hoping she would be content so i could take care of the other two girls you know and now it's like okay i can actually like invest more in her and yeah that's good her. though yeah. like three three all at once yeah. but i mean you know you know how it is and yeah well, felt, you guys, parent-wise, you went from doing yeah. double double coverage on Ada mm-hmm. to playing a zone. Like, we're yeah. just we're going to play some if where we can and, see them all. Yeah, if her and Ada had gotten along, it would be different. Yeah. But that made it really hard. Yeah. And then Ada, it's also been really cute to watch Ada kind of, kind of like, really kind of give some attention to the baby, too. She's like, today she's like, yeah, she hold the baby hold the baby she wanted to hold the baby and so like her holding the baby is just you set the baby on her lap and she kind of like doesn't really put her arms around her she just kind of like just kind of lays there just like i'm holding the baby but like it was really cute like she's trying to always hug and kiss the baby now and it's just it's really cute it's it really makes me really glad that we're doing this and that she's she's a part of this thing with us as much as we are doing this for our family as well yeah, I know Gunner wants to come over in the worst way. Oh yeah, <laughs> he loves babies. Oh, he does, especially girls, right? Yep. I don't. Aww, he'll be a good dad. He will. I don't know what it is. <laughs> he's he's good with the little ones. <laughs> it's it's the I most bizarre thing. I remember when Ada thing. was a baby, he was like smelling her head all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get that new baby smell. It's like a new car smell, and only oh. lasts for a little bit. <laughs> he's he's really good with his younger brother too. I don't know. Yeah. To, to our oldest, none the other two don't even <laughs> exist. They just yeah. they don't unless he wants to use them to play video game. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's kind of uh, that's kind of where the Ryman's are at with uh, with our story and yeah, where we're at so far with foster started, care. Really. Had our first. Um, it's like the journal. I think you should start a blog. And you know, and all the free time. All that you the free have. time I have. And I'm, yeah. By the way, Shauna is going back to school in May, and she's also a uh, photographer. And coming into the summer, we know if you're a photographer, the summer and spring are like your busy months. So she's doing so all of that insane. stuff. Once again, I'm insane. Yeah, I can't wait to listen to this in four years. <laughs> like it's just going to be so good. Like, <laughs> So yeah, mm-hmm. if you have if you have any questions about foster care, ask somebody else with more experience. <laughs> <laughs> that was seriously so helpful to us, though. Like, especially this one couple from church who's been doing it for six years. They just like really invested in us. Had us over for dinner multiple times, and you know, I call and text her constantly with questions, and she's just more than willing to help and give advice. So, you know, if you're interested in it, I would definitely seek out you know foster parents who've been who have experience yeah and you guys have been so crazy busy that we've actually gotten some resources from some of our podcast listeners oh, oh yeah. since you announced it a couple of weeks ago oh really cool to it like yeah people are sending stuff <laughs> nice Bella fosters <laughs> <laughs> live long and prosper <laughs> i remember i remember ta- I, uh, one of my co-workers was 
was a foster parent and has adopted four, I think, kids. And she was like, it's de- it's definitely something you're called to and you're crazy. Like, mm-hmm. you have to be crazy to do it. Yeah. So We were at the mall the other day and we had the baby and we had this um, cashier girl and she says, did you guys adopt her? And we're like, no, we're just fostering. And she's like, my mom adopted 19 of us and she's, curr- and she's currently fostering six oh and we just gosh. looked at each other like okay that's insane <laughs> you win you yeah win. like mary you poppins win over all here time. that's awesome though that's cool that's insane it is insane 19 children and then she's fostering six that's crazy i mean she's wonder woman for sure but. well uh I think we should wrap this up. We, no, we, I just want to say I appreciate you guys, and thanks, don't Jason. don't let anybody put you on a pedestal. Like you yeah. don't have to be superheroes. Honestly, but. I didn't want to go to church for the first time because I knew everyone would be like, "Oh, it's like they feel like they have to make some sort of comment yeah. to us, you know, because we have a black baby with us, you know." Uh, I don't know. It's it's different. It's always. Yeah. People Not that I don't appreciate sort of yeah. everyone's, you know, prayers and support. I don't mean to come across that way, but I'm just being honest about my feelings. <laughs> and that's what this podcast is all about. Being honest with your feelings. And <laughs> with, always, Tanya. with Tanya. <laughs> so so um, congratulations on becoming foster parents, guys. Thanks. Thank you very much. Uh, You're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Shauna Ryman, my wife, everybody. <laughs> she did good for her first podcast. First time podcast, maybe not the last. We'll, yeah. Who knows? We'll find another. We'll find another topic for her to come on and discuss. But she, um, she really is. Uh, she's amazing. She. If it wasn't for her, I could probably honestly say that I would never have gone on this journey at all. So. Yeah. That She's made me just, a better man. You'd just be a giant jerk. I, I, I would be. I would just be like, yeah, let me buy that guitar. I'm not going to spend my money on it, anything else. <laughs> but Jason, so thank you so much for uh, kind of interviewing us and kind of like uh, being a part of this storytelling experience. You know, that's what I do. I just interview my friends all the time, <laughs> and, you know, document it. And, and hopefully and... people will pay us. Insert Patreon ad right here. We yeah. Have- so I don't. Did you listen to the end of our last episode? No, I didn't. I I made an executive decision. Oh, what'd you do? All of our Patreon money is going to you guys, you and Shauna. No. Yes. Do not. Yes. Ah, I'm do doing not do that. that. I'm doing that. We need to buy things for the podcast. Don't worry about it. The Lord will provide. Okay. Just fine. like the one time I found those sandals on the beach that probably belong to somebody else. <laughs> Is it you theft or is the Lord providing? In that moment, you know, the sand was hot. My feet needed some shielding and there were a pair of sandals. So I will say this, though. I, I appreciate it. We are doing OK right now. Yeah. <laughs>
But seriously, give us all your money. Yeah. So vi- visit our Patreon. Support us. Support Alex and Shauna. And that's that spiel. Um, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook. Yep. We are on all the social media platforms. Yep. More so Twitter and Instagram. Not so much Facebook. I think I feel like Facebook is starting to decline a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I think I so. I never too. thought I'd see the day. No, I knew it was coming. So. We're getting a little off topic. No, but. we talked a little bit about Facebook in our interview with Jonathan Lehman. Yes. Which, so we can actually say that this interview is coming out yes, next week. Because we'd already recorded it. That's the only way we announce interviews early. Yeah, as if it comes out. So he had a book that actually came out this week. Uh came out on April 3rd. So you what you should do is go buy it. Yes. And then listen to this interview because Jonathan is an awesome guy. So like in the first like five minutes of talking with him, he we already talk we talk about you know Abraham Lincoln, who's one of my favorite presidents. I'm like, okay, we can be best friends now, Jonathan. Yeah, so Jonathan has a degree in political science and English, a Master of Science in Political Theory, a Master of Divinity, and a PhD in Political Theology. He's uh, he's read some books. Yeah. He's read some books, and he has written this one, How the Nations Rage. Great title. Yes. And a fantastic book and a fantastic interview. Yeah, I had a, had a good time with him. He's very knowledgeable and definitely made, made me think about some things, and I hope... I hope this is one of the this again this we he have He says the millennials are right. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. So if you are a member of our Patreon and one of the bonuses that you'll get this week you get to hear that interview early. Oh yeah. It'll be coming out soon. Otherwise the rest of you got to wait. Um gotcha. That's how it works. We we play favorites here at Not Your Pastors Podcast. Yeah, the other if you give us too, money, we like you more. Yeah. Well, the other <laughs> thing, too, is I'm going to release the whole Jamie the Very Worst Missionary interview on there. Unedited. Um, uncut. Well, it's a lot raw. longer. It's a lot longer than what got posted. Okay, we we gotcha. talked for a while. So... It just we had a blast with her. That was that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm glad. Sorry you missed it. Well, I was doing something kind of important. Yeah, you were <laughs> taking taking care of some foster kids. I guess that would do it. So, Alex, do we have any five star reviews? We have one. Yeah, number Wait, 50. 50. 50 that, five star reviews. That's awesome. So this one comes from King Zuds. Okay. Love the name. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it's like a laundry detergent. Like he's like he's the CEO of a laundry detergent empire. King Suds. With the wave of his hand, clean clothes are brought to him. Our dirty clothes are brought to him for him to clean. That's what it is. Uh, so it goes like this. It says, love these guys. Great show. Seen all the episodes. And now for our new segment, Uh-oh. Swear Words with Alex. <laughs> We're going to do an episode on swearing here coming up, so I'm going to save all my my cuss words for that episode. Okay. <laughs> oh, I thought he listed a bunch, because if you if he lists them, you have to read them. That's the rule. No. Did he list he any? He did not list any swear words. Are you words. lying to me? He, um, look at it. No swear words. Okay. Well, King Zuds, if you would have listed those words, Alex would have to read them right now. That's part of the deal. Well, that's He's a cotton-headed ninny muggins for not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, buddy. <laughs> Anyway, Jason, uh, so yeah, we got five-star reviews, and that's what we usually do. We read our five-star reviews in the episode because we want this podcast to, to gain some, some traction. We want this, you know, 
put some more people on the train. Yeah, buzzwords, hype language. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to make this thing grow. We're going to go to the nation. Wait, what? Uh, nations? Anyway, so by leaving us a five-star review, uh, you help our podcast grow. You help it get out to more listeners. And also... We, we can reach Judea and Samaria. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke from Axe. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's getting late, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is. Uh, um, anyway, so leave us a five-star review. We really appreciate those. And we read, like I said, we read every single one. Yeah. Whatever you write in there, I have to read it. Uh, yes. Alex? Yeah. So you guys are new at this. Yep. You're new, new at, at foster care. Yeah. And you're going to have your ups and downs. You've already had a lot of ups and downs. So many emotions. Yeah, you rented the movie Coco. Oh, I, my god. I gosh. asked you, did, did you cry? You said there's a lot of emotions in this house. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Other foster parents have been through the same, will go through the same. And is there is there anything you'd like to tell those foster Gosh. parents in those, in those rough moments? Is there one piece of advice that you could leave them with to maybe help motivate them and brighten their day and to keep them going? Two, two things, Jason. I asked for one, but I'll allow two. I, I will do two because... I will do two. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> One, mm-hmm. always keep your eyes on Jesus. Ooh. And two, always keep your stick on the ice. That's right. 